again everybody for another episode of scaring is sharing yes the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror hello and jeremy it is our three-year anniversary yeah (laughs) air horn we can't afford a real air horn i know and it's 150 episodes and as our friend of the podcast lauren pointed out last week it's coming out to the day of when our first episode dropped which is crazy we we didn't even time that I know. And as if you've ever listened to us before, every 10 episodes, we sort of break our normal format, which is Jeremy and I assigning a scary movie to the other person they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And um, every 10 episodes, we have a guest on. If it's a very special guest, we literally just talk to the guest because we don't want to take up too much of their time, um, which is what's happening today. We're yeah, we very, have a very special guest. Very special guest, indeed. One of those, as I said, it's a shot in the dark. You, you might as well just ask, reach out on Instagram and ask. And here yeah. we are today. And here we are. And today oh we have on the podcast Josh Korngut <laughs> from Dread Central. Hello, Hi guys. Josh. Wow. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell everybody who might possibly not know who you are just well, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Mm. Well, before I get into myself, I will say I came here under the pretenses that this was the 300th episode. <laughs> and now that I know that it's the 150th, I have to leave. Bye. <laughs> this Bye. Is over. See ya. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'll continue. Um, who am I? I don't. Oh, okay. So I'm a bunch of different things. I am. Well, I started off in horror as a podcaster. So I host a podcast called Development Hell, where I unearth different horror movies that never finished production because it's kind of the topic I'm most obsessed with in this world. And then that led me to working with Dread Central. So now I am a journalist there. But like anyone else on this planet, my long con is to be a horror filmmaker. I want to make scary movies. Mm. That's what I want to do. No one will stop me. They're trying. <laughs> that is yeah. true. You spend a lot of time in the the horror graveyard, mm-hmm. digging up past mm-hmm. things that never really happened, talking about if you think they will get the green light. It's um very exciting. How many episodes deep are you? So I kind of lost track because you know sometimes you re-upload old episodes and then sometimes you upload trailers, and then in the back end, it's like I think you have 94 episodes, so you kind of just have to guess. So right now I'm saying 94, but it's hard to know for certain. You must know mm. what I'm talking about. I sure do. I sure do. Because I think I told you this is our 300th episode. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 yeah, yeah, what does he know? It, it just feels like 300. But <laughs> oh, yeah. In like a good way. Like in a good we've way. been doing it forever or whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember the first episode I listened to of Development Hell. I was on an airplane and it was one of the, because you've done multiple Halloween episodes, but it was like the first time I ever learned about like, um, Kaiju Michael Myers. Oh, oh my God. Michael Myers, which sounds just like <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. Um, I remember just being like, this is cool. And you just have yeah. such an air about you, such like a, a like a personality. You're just like, I have to listen to this. Like you just have such a pizzazz and oh uh, God, a glitter so sparkle to you. I really appreciate that. I will say most of my listeners are not queer, and I don't think they understand what they're getting 
fully. So every once in a while when I talk to a queer listener and they get it, I'm just so grateful. And that's what I'm hearing right now, <laughs> unless you're lying. So thank <laughs> no. you. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah, true. This is totally surreal too, because I also have been listening to Development Hell for quite no a long way. time. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I hear you in the car when I'm driving like to work is like what I like to listen to it. And then to be talking to you now is like so I can fan out a little bit. This is awesome. And I want to say your Friday the 13th series you did was like some of my favorite episodes of the show was because some of those scripts, I'm like, how did they not make this? Like they were so good on paper, mm -hmm. what you were uh, talking about and discussing. And I'm like, how did these not happen? I'm so glad you brought that up because I for there's so many episodes. I forget exactly what it was called, but there was one of those Friday the 13th movies that we got the script for mm -hmm. and reading that script and getting to talk about that script was like one of the most fun experiences of my entire life. Yeah, it was it was fun to listen to it. I'm like, holy God. crap, I can see this movie in my head as you guys explain it. It's a good script. And like, why good. did they not make this? Like, it uh, would have made so much money. I know. So God like in them. the beginning, when you first started off, obviously you were probably like you would find articles and things like that. But like as you've grown this following and become, you know, the managing editor at Dread Central and things like are people reaching out to you and sharing things with you that like no one else could like Google and find on their own? Like you have like the in. Yes, 100 cool. percent. Actually, it started very early on. Oh, I good. joined the Dread Central podcast network, I think around episode nine. And that week I start, I got a message from this man that had been in development on a Hellraiser movie with the Weinsteins forever and got totally mm -hmm. burned. Mm -hmm. And as oh, yeah. time went on, I realized there are so many filmmakers that have these war stories that they are so traumatized by and they are kind of like desperate to have their stories told. And I'm just so lucky and grateful that I'm like the only person that really wants to tell them right now. So yeah, that yes. was a great episode. Yes. He was like, like all of a sudden he finds out he's sort of like up against Clyde Barker himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you and poor he was like, guy. Well, that's it's it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even Clyde Barker didn't get to make yeah, it. I was gonna say, and then they didn't even make that movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, 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 of course not. That's so crazy. I've, I've heard a lot of inside about that, those scary Weinsteins, and mm. they've killed so many horror movies. Oh my god. Yeah. The stuff yeah. that comes out too. I even uh had seen a uh Howie Mandel, apparently, of all people, of course, has a podcast, but he had Rob Zombie on. Okay. a while ago and rob zombie like actually dished on the uh how hellish the production was for his halloweens working with the weinsteins and how much he hated it so it's interesting i love that, that. everyone's just opening the floodgates of like this is what it's like to work with those guys like it was horrible all over so oh, i bet can i tell you why i'm grateful for rob zombie please mm -hmm. <laughs> not necessarily a big fan of his films but of course house of a thousand corpses classic um so i was in my early days of sort of being the managing editor at Dread Central. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to fuck it up. I have to not be a failure. And one of the first things I realized early on is that no matter what, if I wrote about Rob Zombie's The Munsters, like we were eating for a week, you know? <laughs> like, And that was like my first SEO, like, like breakthrough and like uh -huh. helped me sort of get where I am now. So like he uploaded a picture on Instagram of like a wig that was going to be in the movie. We were coasting. <laughs> so thank you, Rob Zombie. That's that's I my find story. him kind of sexy. I don't really like <laughs> his movies, but there's something, an air about him that I'm like, yes, please, Rob Z. Um, I don't find him sexy, but you know who I find sexy? And it's like 
getting closer to that is Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Uh, mm. Yeah, 100%. It's like halfway to zombie, you know? Yeah. It's like Rap Zombie Light. Funny. Yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. never made that comparison, but I can see it. And I was you like, know- I don't, I'm surprised that it was for me, but it was. So you never know. I got so excited about Josh that I, um, Jeremy, we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't even introduced ourselves. I just but, got oh my God. excited. Um, if people are listening, they should know they by now, know. but they whatever. Know, but just in case someone's like, oh, what's this episode of Josh Corn got my favorite person? And they're, and then they're like, who are these other two queens? Yeah, who are these oh, assholes? Well, this so one what's queen going on and here? This other guy. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm here today with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen, Planbeck. And maybe not the flamiest person on this podcast today. I don't know. <laughs> no, definitely 100% not. Sorry. Oh, Never man. Again. No. All right. So, so Josh, that, this was a great, great kickoff from the time you've come on. It's like every, like just the way you can keep conversation going, which of course, I mean, that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it is something like having a podcast and talking to people and just like not being overly prepared but just like knowing a basis of what you're going to talk to talk about in life like any situation outside of this like after you've Mm. done it for a while you can just keep that conversation going Mm -hmm. and you are a pro yeah i think it started the opposite i think you know growing up gay and like always being a little worried that someone was going to kill me i was like i have to be charming i have to get them on my side right away and i think now going riffing off of that i find bug crush to be one of the most frightening horror films ever because of that exact notion that whole like gay bashing thing did it scare the shit out of you the first time you watched it a hundred percent yes Oh my God. I You had Carter Smith on and you I talked did. to him. I did. I was wondering. I wanted to drop that, but I was like, I don't want to drop that if they're going to drop it. Yes. And how cool is that I got to talk to that I got to talk to him. And he had a big year. He had Swallowed and The Passenger. And the pa- Have you, is The Passenger out yet? Yeah. 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 I watched mm-hmm. it maybe a month or two ago. What a uh, oh, ride. God. I'm sorry Kyle. that I used that word, but. Kyle G. I'm just gonna say because I'll probably mispronounce mm-hmm. his last name. I always used to call him the sad-eyed boy back in like Nightmare on Elm Street remake days and things like that. I just he looks like he has such sad eyes, but I find him he was so sexy in the passenger. Like, oh my god. Weirdly sexy movie. It shouldn't be. Um but, yeah. <laughs> but so good. But oh god, uh what's what's that movie? Swallowed is just cinema that's that's cinema for me so yeah i mean jenna malone making a little bit of a comeback i mean i'll take her (laughs) anytime any day but i'm gonna give that to jeremy because i gave him the ruins because that's what we do we give each other the other person a movie that they've never seen before and then Sorry, we Jeremy. watch them and, and all that and i <laughs> I, I love the i didn't book, hate the it yeah. i didn't hate I it did. it's not the worst thing ever but i'm gonna get yeah. them swallowed for sure but i'm also going to sign him bug crush as they're in the same universe so you gotta the gotta watch is both too them. gross i'm oh sorry my gosh okay. make it stop yeah. okay. i don't know <laughs> it's too much for I, me. i've 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 forced him to watch all of the ghoulies sequels so <gasps> yeah like, so yeah, after you that mean, you mean you gifted him <laughs> the experience of a lifetime you've also talked about the wishmaster movies on your podcast which i've never seen before any of them so i hope jeremy gives me some of those someday yeah wow um i think you said the second one is super duper gay if i recall i love that you know that because that actually wasn't on the podcast that was like a little tiny video series or thing i did for dread central and it's one of Mm. the most precious things i've done where for pride one of my first years here i was like i have to do this like video essay about why hell um what's that fucking movie called? Wishmaster 2 is gay. And it's so gay. And it's from the guy that directed <laughs> The Gay Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's gay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's very important yeah. to me that people know that Wishmaster 2 is gay. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to, Jeremy, have you seen part two or just part one? No, I've only seen the first Wishmaster and that was like as a kid when it came out. So I don't even remember it that well. There's a moment in it where someone's like mad at their lawyer and they're like, ah, I wish he'd just fuck himself. (laughs) And he does. His like (laughs) legs bent over backwards and he does do that. It's like um, society. Does it? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So, Josh, <laughs> what is, would you say is your horror aesthetic? Like, what sort of gets you off when it comes to horror? Great question. I think I have an answer. So, I love urban legend horror. So, people are like, what's your favorite kind of horror? I say, I like my subgenre of horror is urban legend horror in all of its sort of different forms. So, I love a horror movie that creates its own urban legend. If we're talking about Dead Silence, kind of Candyman, stuff like that. I love horror movies about urban legends. Um, there's one from the 90s called Campfire Tales that I'm like mm-hmm. so obsessed with and you can't find it online. But recently I discovered I'm quoted on its Wikipedia page and I'm <laughs> just ascended into heaven. So, yes, anything that's like rooted in urban legends on some level or another is my favorite kind of horror. I love that. Yeah, it's that's pretty awesome. specific, you know. It's just yeah. the truth, though. I don't know what it what it really came down to. It must be childhood trauma. It seems specific, but it's kind of not because almost like even so even ho- even you could say John Carpenter's you know original Halloween is oh, like yeah. an urban legend, the uh, horror movie. Yeah, because yeah. the babysitter oh, getting killed by a killer. You heard that story a million times growing up, and half the time it wasn't true. It was just a story. So a hundred percent. You know, I think it's when yeah, I'm pretty positive. When I was a kid, we, like I went to the cottage with my aunts and my mom and they like told me a scary story and it really messed up with my head do you have a favorite urban legend right what a question i must do i I, i'm a big fan of watch out for that hook and all its different Mm -hmm. versions um we have a a a kids horror show from the 90s in canada called freaky stories that did a really good Mm. like Mm. 1950s musical version of that gay um (laughs) And I just love like, like a 1950s aesthetic in my urban legends. So I love the hook for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and I just always think of scary stories to tell in the dark and the the, the illustration for <sighs> that one in particular. Those illustrations are just so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah, definitely. Talk and about the creepy shit. Yeah. Speaking of childhood, too. What is the first horror movie you remember having a significant impact on you? Oh, yeah. So this is an amazing question. I feel so bad because I'm rambling through your episode, but I can't answer this without giving you three mini answers. <laughs> so the first horror movie I ever watched was I Know What You Did Last Summer on Halloween night. Must have been wow. 97 or so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They'll love it to this day. Um, the horror piece of media that like really put me into therapy as a child and like really fucked me up was an episode of Buffy in season two where she goes to the hospital and there's this like um, Freddy Krueger-esque monster that kills kids in the hospital when they're sick. Mm. Really love that shit. And then the movie that really fucked me up as a kid, but it's not a horror movie, was Nurse Betty starring Mm. Renee Zellweger. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a goofy comedy until halfway through there's like a very realistic scalping. And I'm like still gagging to this day. That is such a, I like always forget about that movie. It's like black comedy at its finest. Yes. And I always yeah. ask people in my interviews, like, what's the movie that fucked you up as a kid? And I asked it to the director of that, 
And then at the end, I was like, can I tell you mine? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That is a great question. I love it. Um, so if you are deserted on an island and somehow magically there is a VHS player and a TV and you can just have three movies to take with you and who knows, you may be there for the rest of your life. What And three horror films, let's be more specific. Um, what three films are you going to bring with you? Okay, three horror movies that I'm bringing with me. I, I have it written down, but I also brought up my letterbox just to like take a peek. So one 100% certain for sure, would be Sleepy Hollow. Because mm, okay. for whatever reason... Oh, another urban legend horror movie. Mm-hmm. My kind of, I think it's my favorite movie of all time. I was like okay. obsessed with the story when I was a little kid, like upsoosed. There was no internet. <laughs> and I remember going to the movie theater one day and there was like a cardboard cutout for like the movie advertising. And I was like, what? They make movies of things that you like? And um, <laughs> the first time I got to experience that and I still love it to this day. So one would be Sleepy Hollow. Uh, gotta watch that this year. Two would be Dead Silence. Love mm-hmm. it. It's just it's James Wan's best movie. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and three is so hard. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a lame one, and I'm gonna say A Nightmare on Elm Street. I just have to. I had to do yeah, that. The remake, but every, of course, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I actually quoted that to my friend who hates horror movies the other day. What's the quote? It's like, why are you? crying i haven't even cut you yet and it's like noon and we just got out of the gym and she's like what oh my god that's so good i just showed that to my nieces for the first time they're 8 10 and 12 the the original the Not original the original of okay and, yeah. um, it was so fun they were just like obsessed with what what was freddie like before like they just were so curious so i just showed them a picture of like robert england like like i i didn't like show them like freddie's dead like what he looks like in that one or anything like that but oh my god it's so good you should show them the Freddy's Nightmares prequel episode. Oh, I should. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. origin story right there. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Hooper directed. They would be yeah. they would appreciate that. My husband and I run a little theater here in Ferndale, Michigan. And oh like a million years ago, when we were first starting the theater, this queen i cannot even remember his name i want to say his name was dalton it's like just came to me he like hit us up and he's like i heard you guys just started a theater i have a show and he had written a play version of dead silence and we like met up for like a reading of it and but i'm like we're not on broadway we are like a black box theater we were a storefront theater truly at the time and it's like we're you're never going to be able to have like hundreds of dolls filling the <laughs> state like his thing i'm like this is great if you can make it to broadway but he was also obsessed with dead silence i feel like i need to rewatch it because i saw it in the theater and was not mm. particularly like um blown mm-hmm. away but all these years i keep hearing about it so i'm like maybe i need to go back yeah i have a similar experience where it's like i remember dead silence being one of those movies that cycled through with like me and my friends when we were younger just watching whatever it was on dvd we'd rent it and watch you know horror movies and i remember dead silence being one of them that just kind of came and went and i don't remember a lot about it so wow. I, I need to go back and watch it because i wish i could like... pull a bit of leaving the chat <laughs> yeah i can't because we're recording it oh, and that no. would ruin it it yeah. did have that girl, um, Laura Reagan, in it, and I feel like she was like everywhere for a the little one bit of, the, of time. With the bob, the one with the, yes, the, the, the short bob. hair. Yeah, yeah, who the hell is she? Oh, I think she was in They, another and movie I'm my obsessed little with. I like oh, she another... was in yeah or like, icon queen early two thousands. That was two thousand two to two thousand whenever. Yeah, 
Okay. So like the early so, 2000s, yes. she was like She's all the queen. over the place. Mm-hmm. I love, okay, Wes, Pra- Wes Craven presents <laughs> yes. They. Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. So it's one bad. of my favorite movies. <laughs> Literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I have this like column I write every once in a while called like Ultimate Forgotten. And it was just like movies that you think everyone's forgotten, but everyone kind of secretly remembers. And that was one of them. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. You, you know, well, first off, I was going to say, now we got some homework. We have to watch Dead Silence and then report back to you. As, yes. you know, we're going to have to write into you and tell me. Is Billy thought, though, the name not, of like, the never... puppet? Is it Billy? No, that's yeah, 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 yeah. But is it also Billy? I feel like I, 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 I like identify him as Billy. I don't know. I think he's just another version of Billy. Yeah. Billy doesn't matter. What matters is Mary Shaw, okay? Our True. only, like, the, the not only, like, an incredible woman icon of horror. Beware <laughs> her stare. She'll cut out your tongue. She's so cool. She's so got great cool. hair. Yeah. Oh, Mary Shaw. You know what? All of this is perfect, too, because now we're going to get to unpopular opinions. Mm. Wow. Which is what, is what is a horror movie you love that everyone hates and or vice versa? Okay. Um, hmm. I hated Pearl. <laughs> I really oh, hated God. I everyone, love Pearl so much. Yeah, yeah and everyone loves, loves it. Yeah, everyone true. fucking loves Pearl. <laughs> I got to watch it at TIFF, and I got to review it, and I was like, "Oh no!" So I gave it three stars, but I don't think that's what my heart was really saying. I don't know. I just <laughs> what what was my memory? My memory is like it's like uh, it looks good, but what's going on under the fondant? You know, and I feel like. Not a lot. So I hate Pearl. I'm sorry to say it, but I do like X. Okay, I was just gonna ask. Um, and House of the Devil is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, so the aesthetic on that is just so gorgeous. Good. Yeah. And the innkeeper is also incredible. Mm, yeah, you know, not, I know. I'm not. That's a, that's a divisive opinion on this it show. Is, the yeah. innkeepers is divided. Yeah. Why one of you likes it, one of you doesn't? Yeah, I like the innkeepers. I saw it maybe yeah. like yeah. three or four years ago for the first time because I just heard so many mixed things, and yeah, it was. I loved it. For like the mm. first 20, 30 minutes. And then I just was like, oh, fuck this okay. movie. Wow, you hate camp. That's. No, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> um, I love camp. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, it is definitely not a movie everyone <laughs> likes, but I'm obsessed with it. The Innkeepers. Yeah. So I, ha- I, I hate Pearl. I get a lot of negative feedback on that. I remember reading like weeks after I wrote that review someone else put a review and one of the comments on facebook was like yeah but Trent central didn't like pearl so what the fuck do they know <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right you're right when you're right <laughs> um and something i loved that everyone hated halloween kills slaps i love it <laughs> i want to rewatch it as a comedy because when i saw it's it, a comedy no it, i didn't yeah. look at mm. it that way or as maybe it is camp maybe that's the it's camp, camp. Right it's yeah <laughs> okay i see it as like having the audacity of the middle trilogy so of like four five and six mm-hmm. and like you're not asking those movies to be good you're asking those movies to, <laughs> to be slap. crazy yeah, yeah yeah and so i put this in there yeah i have to say that i have come around to halloween kills like oh, yes. i've oh, rewatched yes. it a couple of times the first time i saw it i was like meh and now my letterbox rating keeps going up every time yes, I rewatch it. Where I'm like one of us. Yeah, I was like, I like this. I like this more and more because this I, is just ridiculous. And if you're thinking about it that way, it's just so much fun. It's so fun. I think the rudest, meanest review I ever did was for Halloween Ends, though. Oh, did you just tear it apart? I said, no. I was that Michelle Visage gif. <laughs> no. No. Well, I, I just saw on, uh, on Letterboxd the 
top review for Exorcist the Believer right now, like the most liked review just says sucks ass. So <laughs> I'm so excited to not see it. Oh my God. It's so bad. It, there's a moment where I just leaned over to my husband. And I said, evil dies tonight because it has a smaller feel dead. of yep. like the mob mentality in that it's just it's so bad there's like yeah. one great moment in it that's like almost worth it just for that but you know you know what it does and i do love this when like a legacy sequel of some kind will have like a framed photo in it of a character from the like the original mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. but it's not a photo it's a screenshot from the movie yeah, and it kind of does that. In this <laughs> yes, movie. and the craft legacy also did that, where uh-huh. it's just like a, a shot of her like looking in the mirror, and I'm like, that's not a photo. That's, that's that was a screenshot. The movie. <laughs> My, I have Crazy. a pet peeve in movies, and that's when like they're like, let's take a picture, and like they go and they take, and then like the screen does like the the as if it's taking the picture, but no one's looking in the camera. Like it's like the screenshot of the camera that's filming them and not the camera that's being taken. That's so funny. It's a pet peeve of mine. I really, it drives me crazy. You know, the TikTok of people trying to take a selfie, but you see their screen and it's like the calculator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what that is. That's awesome. All right. Um. So I changed this question up a little bit from how it was proposed to you. So fuck, Mary, kill. <laughs> and I'm going to give you... Pinhead, mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger. This is really hard because I love them all so much. Fuck, Mary, kill. Pinhead, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. I think fuck does have to go to Pinhead just because mm-hmm. pleasure and pain. Who knows the difference? Soul. It's not You'll me. You'll tell your horror. He'll yeah, oh yeah. He's, he's, apart. <laughs> he's gonna do that. Also, <laughs> I'd regret it immediately. But you know, <laughs> it's sex and it's gay sex. So okay, so I'm gonna do that. Um, you said Jason and Freddy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could have like a one night stand, but I guess Jason's dead because I have to marry Freddy Krueger because those conversations. Yeah, they're gonna take you through the night. You're gonna be able to get old of that person, and it's like you're gonna sit next to each other on those like Canadian like wooden chairs by the beach, and you're just gonna be able to hold hands and talk. Well, one of his hands, yeah, one yeah, of his hands to be on the other side. You know that moment in Deep Impact where like they sit next to each other on the beach as the big wave comes. Yeah, I want to be with Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's and solid. then you'll you'll kill Jason. Okay. He's yeah, already, like you said, he's already dead. So it's like okay. it's sort of redundant. But you're, so you're not going to ask me who I would be anymore. We'll, we'll ask that too. Let's ask yeah. that too. So thank God <laughs> of the big baddies, which I mean, the list could go on. But yeah. let's say Freddie, Jason, Michael, Chucky, Leatherface, Leatherface, <laughs> and um, uh, Art the Clown. We got to have a modern one in there. I mean, I love Art the Clown. Every day I wake up and like he, Art the Clown kind of pays for my iced coffee because it's a dread movie. So I, I'm grateful for him. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the third one yet? I know it's like coming out soon. I don't know if there, I have not seen a trailer, but I hear that there's going to be a scene from the third one at the end of the new yes, theatrical. So I don't know if you had the end and you're like, oh, I've already seen it. It's now a bloody disgusting property. So I can't. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, can't. I see, I see, I see. Um, but we still own the first one. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm back. Um, it's not one that you listed. I'm so sorry. No, but, but okay. I'm going to go with Damien Thorne adult years Ooh. because 
I think I'd really rock the look. Like, I think it's kind of like a hot look. It's kind of like Sam Neill in the 80s. Yeah. Kind of Sam, like Sam Neill was hot then. Oh, who I mean, he's hotter? still hot. I guess he's still hot, but no, he was no. hottest <laughs> then. But but if, in possession, you know, he was, not. He was so uh, hot in possession. Sam Neill in possession is probably my number one crush. Hmm. And also Sam Neill. And I think, what is it? Uh, Omen 3. Who cares? So yeah. good. So hot. I want to look like that. And I also like think I have some changes for government that would go over well. So <laughs> yeah, that's who I'd want to be. Just don't Excellent. make someone kill a baby. Well, <laughs> I, I don't love kids. I will say that. So. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's next on the docket? You know, let, here we go. Has there been a movie hmm. you've seen at a film festival yeah. that you were sure was going to be a hit and then just nothing happened to it? And then vice versa. Was there one that uh, you really, you know, uh, thought was horrible, but it ended up blowing up? <laughs> this is like my favorite question. This is such a good, you guys are great at questions, by the way. I don't know if you're both coming up with them or it's one of you. Either way, I love I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to give that to BJP. You're such a. <laughs> okay, congrats, because I love this question. I looked at it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I have an answer. So the movie that I saw at a film festival that I was like, this is going to take over the world. It was in 2011 at TIFF. And it was Livid. It was this French movie called Livid um, from the dudes that made Inside. Inside. Yes. It's bonkers, crazy town, banana pants, gothic French madness about a group of kids that break into like a dying old lady's house to find gold and then like encounter ballerina demons from hell. Who knows? <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Loved it. No one else did. Um, I don't think it ever got distribution really on the state side. You cannot find it here. It's on Shutter. You oh sorry, in the, in the states it's on Shutter. It is nowhere to be found in Canada. They were gonna remake it. Never happened. Sitting on Dimension Films graveyard shelf. Very sad. Love, livid. Have you guys seen it? I watched it after you talked about how good it was because <clears> I had seen it and I was like, I don't remember it being good. So I rewatched it and I was like, it was a little better than I remember, but oh no. But the, th I, the thing that I loved you talked about um, when you discussed it on whichever episode it was, was it takes place on Halloween and how Halloween is when it's done, like from a different culture and what they think Halloween is like. Like, you're, like it. it's, that's the fascinating part of it all. Yeah, it's weird. It. It's all over the place. I like when I a, a uh -huh. creepy ballerina. When I think of Europeans not understanding Halloween, I think of the Aqua song Halloween from their second album, which is just like kind of like scream themed. And you're like, guys, no, no, no. OK, so that one, it's not for everyone. I, I like terrible movies, but I, I think it's OK because they're like terrible movies that like nobody thinks about. So it's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, The movie that I saw at a film festival. I it was, I think, last year. And I was covering Fantasia. And out of all of us, I was the last one to put in my picks because I'm lazy. And I didn't get anything I wanted. So I had to go through all the other random movies at Fantasia. And um, I selected Skinamarink because no one else wanted to review it. And this was the world premiere of Skinamarink. So I, I believe I am the first, like, um, the first Rotten Tomato review for that fucking movie. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of it. It like wasn't a thing. And I was like, okay. And I watched it like on my computer, Sunday, bright, sunny Sunday afternoon. And I was like, all right. So I reviewed that. It's like, and I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I kind of like, I see Skinamarink as like an interesting sort of like art gallery movie when you're in an art gallery and you go into that little room and you like sit politely mm -hmm. on a chair for 15 minutes and you're like, oh, whoa. 
and then you leave. And like, that to me is what Skinner Rink is, but like, that's a compliment, I think. Yeah. Anyways, that movie took over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Variety just said that's the best horror movie of the year so far. I and read that. So it must be, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I, I need to give it to Jeremy on a, 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 a yeah. real recent upcoming episode, I think, or, or real, like something very soon, because I, I need to rewatch it again. I sort of fell asleep in it and was just yeah. sort of like, what the fuck is this? And Did you fall asleep so, or is that just you watching them? It was like, was that, you know, I don't know. Can you even tell? I, I don't know. Yeah, could you even yeah. tell? I, yeah, I and couldn't. That's one of those movies I missed because there are certain movies that I just kind of like shut down when like the discourse is so like oh my god polarizing on it where people are either like it's the greatest thing, it's the worst thing, and then I just kind of like I guess I'm gonna avoid that for a while until I can come into it. And just yes, see it with the discourse fresh eyes. was fucking insane. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, but I like grateful that I got to see it early before all that nonsense. Yeah, um, yeah. and I don't and I don't hate it and I don't love it and. I am kind of happy for it. And like, it's kind of cool that something like that broke through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm all for that. But it's like about ceilings and baseboards. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, I I will be very curious to rewatch it and, and, and discuss it. Did you like it? I don't know. Oh, that's that's I just don't know. The only answer. That's the only answer. (laughs) Okay, so I have sort of absorbed all of your filmmaking um creations that are available, including one that you may have like allowed me to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have this really cool like web series that was called Girl Up and Die. Oh my god, with your friend Emily. No, no, no. But no, what was great about watching all the Girl Up and Die episodes, I think there's six different episodes. First of all, it feeds into what you're talking about, like loving urban legends, because it really feeds into that. And then your short BFF is a remake of one of them. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, I cannot believe you found Girl Up and Die. I have to leave the room. (laughs) What I love about Girl Up and Die and BFF is you love the mean girl like oh it's like chris hargenson all up in there like and i have such a soft spot for like some nancy allen i want to follow her i don't care about our boring protagonist i want to follow that girl throughout the <laughs> fucking movie and that's what i love about like this the filmmaking that i've been able to see of what you do you you definitely love to highlight the mean girl and i think that's so fun um, i do yeah so Based on like what I've seen and, you know, you are a filmmaker, what stories, I mean, have you told, which I think I just sort of maybe like touched on that, what sort of stories do you want to tell and what is like coming up? Like, what can you talk about? What are your dreams and aspirations? (laughs) My first dream is to take down Girl Up and Die off of YouTube. That would be a good first step. It was (laughs) Um, a fun watch. I enjoyed every episode. You know, I made it the second I got out of like writing school because i was bored and you know what and i'm glad that i did but i'm horrified that you watched it but yeah okay so filmmaking is everything for me like it's all i want to do it's kind of what i spend my time doing if i'm not trying to make money because i'll never make money doing that even if i'm successful how do i answer this question so there's a couple of different like types of horror that i'm very very passionate about and i'm dying to make sort of early on in my career if I am able to establish one. And one of those types of horror would be an intimate, very gothic story about women. Specifically, the story is about sort of the women in my life, which were my mother and her sisters, and they're all very estranged. And I don't know, just think of like, 
like like um like a Patricia Clarkson and Nicole Kidman like contained horror movie where it's just like like just diva old ladies getting nasty with each other and that's just like I'm desperate to make something like that. Yes. Um yes, so that's going to be early on. I also am desperate to make my version of a slasher film and I am making it. So mm. I don't know if I can like give necessarily details on it. I am finally making my first feature film, I think in the spring. So, and it's going to be a slasher. It's going to be a queer slasher movie with like a bit of a fifties influence to it. Cool. And so that's um, something I'm really excited about. Very cool. That is awesome. How exciting. Like, I mean, is that, that will be your first feature? Yes, it will be after like, I want to say four years of, stop and starts on a best friends forever feature film that was so close to happening i could cry mm-hmm. and everyone was very quick to point out the uh, irony of my podcast during that journey um so mm-hmm. that could actually happen um you saw sort of my first short called bff and so that one is sort of in development hell but uh, yeah slasher film has been greenlit for i think the spring that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Is, now your friend Emily has been on some of your episodes and she was like a part of Girl Up and Die. So is she a part of like all of your filmmaking? Is she going to be a part of this slasher? She's not. She is like my lifelong collaborator. I met her in first grade. Oh my I remember, God. Yes. I remember sitting next to her and being like, she was like the cool kid in the blossom hat. And I was just like <laughs> freak of nature. And I was like, well, can we be best friends? And she was like, absolutely not. And now we still are. <laughs> and I love so her cute. so much. And she started working at um, Dread with me. Um, but now she is like the head of marketing for like a TV channel here in Canada. She's like just killing it. And no, she's not working on these next films with me, but she is producing, you know, if it's to happen, the best friends forever film. Um, she's yeah, really talented girl. She, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Emily. Yeah. I think she, I love when she's on your episodes. She's been on a a handful at minimum Yeah, and she's just like the two of you, you can just tell that you're lifelong friends. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We are. Excellent. And you know, I think it's cool that on your very show development hell, you have talked about movies that were stuck in development hell that then magically seem to have been plucked from it and have been made. So I have the Midas touch. I am telling you, whenever I do an episode three (laughs) days later, they happen. I did an episode on the Silent Hill movie that never like Mm -hmm. the third Silent Hill movie. And I called it a return to Silent Hill. And now the new movie is being called a return to Silent Hill. (laughs) And I'm not getting a check. Yeah, they took your t- title. They took my fucking. I mean, what else do you yeah. call it though? Yeah, is exactly. there even another title for that? And I, I'll also thank you for seemingly making you know Robert Eggers get to make his Nosferatu movie three as days well. later. Yeah, three <laughs> days later, all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, that's happening now. So my most listened to episode of all time, yeah, is a movie all. that I got to see a screener of recently, which is Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. my most listened to episode of all time. Isn't that shocking? That is wild. It also blows my mind. Yeah. Now we keep seeing the trailers for that. And I'm like, yeah, that was in development hell for a long ass time. Like they announced it so long ago and they're finally making it. Yeah. And, it, and you know, uh, Nicolas Cage already beat them to it, though, because I'm like, I've Willie. already seen th- I've already seen this movie, Willie's Wonderland. But so. I did not like it. So I'm hoping no. this is better. I don't know. We'll I feel like see. Five Nights at Freddy's, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Well, I will agree that it's 
as a franchise definitely is for kids yeah. or like it's gateway for yeah, kids. it's a gateway yeah there's a not, this is not a reflection on the film because it's no. so embargoed that yeah. i could disappear into but the, the, fra- night, the, but... the franchise itself is you know it's like a younger generation is all about that and i think that's Can cool I, speak to that for a second because i'm fascinated with something Please. that i've learned so i had like a on my episode i had this guy from dread xp who was like very very well versed with horror video games mm-hmm. and i learned that it's super popular with millennials because it has that like liminal nostalgia horror vibe chuck e cheese mm-hmm. nonsense but it's popular like like times 10 with gen z because like they're all furries like literally every gen z, every gen z is like a weird sexually like um i don't know i'm not gonna use a mean word but yeah they're all just like it's like sex it's like sex for them or something i can't really yeah. fathom it but like i think that's it like it has like this crazy furry fandom of like kids that didn't get outside enough because the pandemic yeah it's so weird yeah <laughs> the numbers reflect this yeah it's i mean you see enough it's like a, it's a certain like age group that are like the rat from that like animated movie is super hot and i'm like what is wrong with you people what is happening i listen my first crush of all time was rupert the bear i am over it now <laughs> it was age appropriate then what's rupert the bear Oh, you don't remember? You don't know Rupert? I got scared I for Americans for a second. I was like, do they not have Rupert? He looks like this old British, like, stuffy cartoon bear that wears uh, a mm-hmm. Burberry scarf and a red sweater. He had fashion. Okay. Yeah, and I, I made, like, bears. a TV Look, show. I have a bear right there. <gasps> Hello! Yeah. yeah, and I fancy myself to, like, I'm a wannabe bear. Okay, um, okay, so, like, okay. I'm, but, like, so I don't know well, then you should Rupert know Rupert. Is. I know, well, I should. I'm gone. I, I also want to say, too, I grew up in the Metro Detroit area, so I got Canadian television, like, all oh the time. Oh, my God, that's and what so it I, is. I find when I get out of Michigan and I talk about, like, cbc type shows people are like what are you talking about and i'm like oh yeah i forget that like we were right here so we got all the canadian broadcasts that's that's why this is happening right now and yeah, i'm from wyoming why. so that's why and i think it came yeah. it might have even come to us from england mm-hmm. but also we made a lot of weird kids shows in the 90s so it really could have been us yeah and i watched all of those because so, we, we you're had welcome that by the way so thank you so much <laughs> the new adams family you're welcome are you afraid of the dark you're welcome yes are you afraid of the dark it was original so black christmas you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the best films ever. Best horror I mean, movies I agree. in particular. I agree. It's one of my favorite Fucking movies of all it. time. So much. There is this website. I think I might have, I don't remember which horror movie website it was, but there's a, um there's this company that makes the sweater with the hands on it. And every year yes. I say I'm gonna buy it. But and then I, you don't. Year, but then I don't. But this year <laughs> And then I'm, you complain about it and you say next year I'm gonna buy it. And here we are again. <laughs> I need that fucking sweater. Buy him the sweater. Oh my god. Okay, fine. I'll just buy you that fucking <laughs> sweater. Goddamn sweater. I think we both need it so we can just match too. I want it too. <laughs> I love it. You know, speaking of all these these movies stuck in development hell, of course, your show, as we said, you're coming up on a hundred episodes. Oof. That's exciting. But um, what are of all these movies you've covered? What are a couple of the ones that you know, as many as you want to say, really, ones that have not been made that you really wish would get made? So the reason I started Development Hell, like at its core, is when I was in seventh grade, I was obsessed with this video game called American McGee's Alice. Which was like <gasps> oh, a, I know that game. Yeah. So it's like a spooky, ooky, Tim Burton-esque Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. thing. And I remember at the time hearing, like it must have been 2001 internet, that Wes Craven was going to make the movie. 
Ooh. Eventually, there were words that Sarah Michelle Geller was going to be in it. This was my whole life coming together. And I've never been more obsessed with anything. And it was also the first time I realized that sometimes movies don't get made. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a very tragic and hurtful experience for me that I never really got over. And so when I decided, I always kind of knew after that, like, oh, if I'm ever going to like do a doc or eventually a podcast, like it has to be about unmade horror. Cause that's sort of where my obsession mm-hmm. with it began was with that Atlas movie, which was reannounced like a year ago as a TV show. It's never going to happen. Don't even think about it. No. <laughs> and then another one would be the Stephen King short story adaptation of The Jaunt. Um, you do love The Jaunt. I talked about it three times an episode okay and i just like to hope that most people are listening to only one or two episodes so they don't know (laughs) but yeah it has to be the jaunt it's the scariest fucking stephen king story of all time um are you familiar with it i don't know you've talked about it some time travel things get fucked up as they always do with time travel it sounds amazing though i've not read it but i i only know it from you um but it sounds it sounds amazing I think it's the scariest thing Stephen King has ever done. I couldn't recommend it more. I would give you the synopsis, but we would never get away from here. So I think you actually did a pretty good job. So the jaunt, and actually it was also one of the first editorials I wrote for Dread Central. um, And we republished it this year for Stephen King's birthday. So the jaunt, big fan, everyone. I got to stop talking about it. I got to get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my my final one that I'm going to give you would be Guillermo del Toro's version of the haunted mansion mm-hmm. um he really deserved that movie we deserved that movie we didn't get it i haven't seen what we did get i'm kind of like not that interested in the new one but i'll i'm sure i'll watch it eventually you know i just love like a gothic haunted house horror movie that's gateway that's caramel del toro who is probably my favorite filmmaker of all time how dare yeah, I wanted his Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it I feel so like, good. I feel like Del Toro is the king of like great unmade movies. Like you're, you're not know, wrong. Mountain, you are... Ma- Mountains of Madness is like, oh, oh come on, that should have happened. Yeah. Also, um, one of my most popular episodes. People want that movie. Did you see the little like CGI clip that came out this year yeah. about what it could look like? Yeah, and I was like, this would have been mind blowing. Why didn't this happen? Come on. I mean, I kind of like he, he was like, yeah, it's like very bleak. There will be no romance in this. Like, mm-hmm. and it's $150 million. But yeah. make it anyway. I don't care. Yeah, there's come on <laughs> studios. Like, you guys have this money. You can blow it on this. Yeah. And then they give someone else Hellboy 3. It's just not okay. So. No. Yeah, exactly. Hellboy 3, like his version was supposed to be so good and it sounded awesome. Uh, but do, do you remember the end of Hellboy 2 where it's just like epic, yeah. epic, epic upon epic? Yeah, and then it's him. and then it's a giant cliffhanger though. Because it like sets up, you know, let's segue into three, let's do this, and then Never happened. Another movie that I'm obsessed with that I feel like most people didn't love is Nightmare Alley. I think it's like yeah. one of the most recent five star films that I've seen that people didn't connect with. It. Yeah, I really liked Nightmare Alley. I like I really love the original uh, film noir mm-hmm. and, and Del Toro's version does absolute justice to that. Like it deserves oh, to sure. exist in the same you know breath as the original. So for sure. I feel like it's the only straight part of my personality is how much I like Nightmare Alley. <laughs> that's a straight ass movie straight ass movie oh yeah jeremy yeah. do you have any um favorite development hell situate cases 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like mine, a lot of mine are the franchise ones. Like there was that 80s, that 80s set Friday the 13th that we were alluding mm-hmm. to sounded mm-hmm. incredible. The script sounds, you know, rock solid. I don't know how they didn't go with that. Um, and then I feel like there was in the, I, I honestly wish that the Hellraiser Halloween crossover existed. Like how were we not given that movie? That sounds like it would have been a blast. And instead they made Halloween Resurrection. So listen, can't hate on Halloween Resurrection, <laughs> but getting Clive and John together for that crossover. Mm-hmm. That probably would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> no, I, honestly, like at that point in their careers and like, I don't know, I feel like, who Whatever, knows what we, it, yeah, yeah. what we would have gotten out of that but that was like the ward era or something yeah oh exactly God, like yeah ward. john carpenter was not uh it wasn't it wasn't great for him as a director at that hey, time don't so. assault ghosts of mars though not in front of me <laughs> yeah no <laughs> aka escape from mars you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they should have called it that i like the halloween and the high rise i think that would have been really fun I love that idea. I love mm. the idea of like high rise horror. There's yeah. not enough of it. Like Evil Dead yeah, Rise. No, there really great. isn't. And like Wreck. Wreck. I mean, not, not Quarantine, mm. but Wreck. And Wreck yeah. 2 is just so good. Like, how is yes. Wreck 2 that good? Wreck wrecked me. So scary. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, Wreck, awesome. Wreck freaked me the fuck out the first time Wreck I saw is that movie. Fooked. Um, don't forget about Poltergeist 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Especially when they building. come out in like all that fashion. <laughs> Oh, that is the fucking. It's good. <laughs> it is fashion. The movie's fashion. So, and also yeah. we had Joshua John Miller on for our hundredth episode, and the Final Girls is my all-time favorite movie. Period. And so he good. said that they were that they were trying, like it was in development to do it as a TV show on Hulu, like oh. a like a series, like a follow-up series. And I was so bummed that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm also wow. fine with it being its one and only thing. It's so good. I think yeah. I saw that at TIFF 2 and it cried and cried. And now I sing Betty Davis eyes every time I go to karaoke. I know. That's what I love mm. about it. I tell people it's not particularly scary, but if no. you love horror movies, you will dig it because yep. of all of its nods. But it like makes me laugh and it makes me cry every time. It's so emotional. That's I, I love when a horror movie can make me emotional. I know. Amityville, 1992. Worlds. Crying every time. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, all right. Well, my final question, and the one that I love the most, is have you ever had a paranormal experience? Not one that I can remember myself. I am not necessarily a believer. Um, I'd like to. I just, like, I'm waiting for the right opportunity but my family has a story about me where they woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like talking or singing, like sitting on my bed. And they were like, Josh, what are you doing? And apparently I told them I was like talking and learning songs from the kids that lived in the house. And they're like, who what kids? And I like pointed. And I was like, those ones. So I don't remember it, but wow. uh, allegedly that did happen. Do you think you're going to go back to that cottage someday and it's going to be just like a horror movie? The kids are going to come back. back. You're going to reconnect. It's all going to come flooding back. You're going to have all these memories. I've been dying to go. It's in this tiny Ontario town called Novar and the little lake beside it. I remember being called Foot Lake and that's all I can remember. So listeners, help us (laughs) find this place. Let's find it. Let's go. It might be haunted. Oh, it is. Cool. How many film festivals do you go to a year? Because I know you just went to TIFF. It sounds like you go to TIFF all the time. 
I live um, in Toronto. So it's you live easy in Toronto, so it's right yeah. there. But do you go to quite a few more? Since I started working at Dread Central was as the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, that's when film festivals sort of became accessible and online. So I've been able to attend Sundance for a few years in a row because of that. I've done Fantasia a few years in a row because of that. I went to Tribeca in New York. That was an amazing experience. Um, I've been to the Salem Horror Festival. The ones that I hit every year are Sundance, Toronto, and Fantasia. And then last year, I got to go to the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans. We've been talking about that. We want to go to that so oh, badly. Because Talk mind. to Me was there last year. And like was that was it. like the first time I'd ever heard about it was it was sort of like their big thing. Can I humble brag about Talk to Me? Because I don't, I just do this anytime I can. Yeah, please. You probably, I do this all the time. So there's one quote on that fucking poster. <laughs> and that was like my brightest moment as a actually other than being listed on the campfire tales wikipedia <laughs> i'm gonna have to find that movie i can see the vhs cover from being you gotta event. find it it's so good okay sorry okay mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's terrible i love it though <laughs> i know i after we saw the exorcist justin bieber this weekend i said that <laughs> like believer <laughs> especially after after talk to me came out which is such a unique possession tale mm-hmm. like it just like to go back to just like boring exorcist ripoff possession is just like it's just like so lame like do something original Ugh. like talk to me get mm-hmm. david gordon green away from horror movies i know i don't know what's happening anymore with that like why did they everyone they put all their eggs in that basket and now they're like uh-oh Oops. 400 million dollars <laughs> apparently they spent on like to buy the buy, purchase the franchise or whatever that's like mistake to begin with um yeah. Yeah, the exorcist. I don't know. I'm Jewish. I never really got it as a whole. It's like, okay. okay, she's scares people, I guess. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I just no, saw a blurb no, no. that just came out too that David Gordon Green is apparently he quietly dropped in an interview that he's maybe not directing the other exorcist movies. Because he said it was God. scheduling issues and mm. sure he'll see, but I'm like, no, I think it might be the low the box pitchfork. office take that's happening right now. Didn't it do well? <laughs> I it did it well, like it did 27 okay. million or but something. not enough to recoup that 400 million. Like they're going to have to <laughs> uh-huh. do a lot of maneuvering to get that. Well, that's money why they're making now. like 30 movies. Cause yeah. they're like, they're working on that for a while. Watch exorcist deceiver. though. be like the best. Yeah. That's gonna be the one I like. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if they switch up directors to watch it, bring in a different, uh, even team. not, it's going to Halloween kills. I can feel it. You feel it. You think? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, Josh, if it is a if it is a trilogy, if it ends up getting made, and it's Believer Deceiver, what is part three called? Begins. I don't know. <laughs> no, it like, just seems like it has a, wait, wait, a similar it, rhyme. It. It's just going to be The Exorcist. It's not going to. It's not going <laughs> to. Oh my up. god! Yeah, yeah, they would. They would right. do that. They would do that. They would do that. When it went from Scream Four to Scream. To scream six. Back to scream six. <laughs> a part of me died. A part of me just died. And but I love like, all those movies. It's like what the fi- Final Destination went. Final Destination 3. The Final Destination. The then, Final Destination. But then Final Destination 5 for the next one. So you're like, what are you doing? For some reason, that I celebrate and I can't. <laughs> that I'm okay with. Same with like The Final Friday. Yeah. That's Good right. for them. But when it comes to scream, you can't go to, you can't go, you can't drop a number and then go back to the number. That's mm-hmm. illegal. Yeah, what the hell is that about? <laughs> rude. <laughs> so rude. 
Well, Josh, I cannot thank you enough for ha- for coming oh. on our, our little wee little podcast. <laughs> yeah, this was it's amazing. Yes, yeah, so great to talk to you. You are just such a, a, a beautiful spirit and um, just such a joy to have you on. Thank you so, <sighs> so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. So and everyone, now I'm... go and listen to Development Hell. Yeah. Jeremy, what's that? Now I'm going to go back to listening to Development Hell and be like, I, yeah. I, I, I talked to him once. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Anything else you want to plug, Josh, besides... You know your your pod. Anything else I want to plug other than my pod? No, Dread Central. Just Listen, overall. No, no, no. Never mind. Bread Central. <laughs> Development Hell. Subscribe now <laughs> and re- review it. Rate it. Rate, rate all it. The Five stars yes. only. Five stars. <laughs> Um, well, thank you, everyone. Please write into us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaringasharing. All, All one word. word. That's right. Smash it and, together. Yep. Tell us how much you love Josh and your favorite episode of Development Hell. And um, we'll be back for hopefully, you know, another another 50. Let's We'll get to 200 one of these days. Yeah, I was going to say another 150 so we can actually get to 300 and then, and we'll, then ask we'll have Josh, Josh to back. come back again. <laughs> I'm busy. Well, thank you so much. Much everybody, and keep watching the skies. You stole mine. Yeah, I did. It's in the trees. It's coming. <laughs> oh my god, Kate Bush or what's yeah, she sampling? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, good. she was sampling um, "Night of the Demon," which from 1957. Yeah. I was like, I know that. That's a Kate Bush song. Yeah, yep. yeah of course, because Kate. It's only Kate Bush now. That movie doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Uh... This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.